Uh, Dan, you're going to hear, I have to drink this coffee. I'm really tired. And you're going to hear a clank every once in a while. It's that sound. Can you hear that? That's a weird, that doesn't, what is that? That is my new metal finger. Whoa. Yeah. Are you a cyborg? Well, I am a little bit. Hold on. Sip of coffee. It it was a long night, Dan. Mm. It was definitely a long night. That That was a hell of a speech. Uh, I didn't actually see it. Wait. Our whole thing was we pushed the date off so we could both watch it. Yes. Well, something happened, Dan. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, something happened. The um, the spirit of says who? You know how we like Dole Whip, Dan? I do. I do like Dole Whip a lot. We talk about Dole Whip. I got it in my head because of all the talking about Dole Whip that I I wanted one. I'm not going to Disney World anytime soon. And I decided I would. I actually just had some pineapple. And I said, I know that watching this speech is going to make me miserable and give me indigestion. And so I'm, I'm going to make some Dole Whip to kind of make me happy. It's actually it never even occurred to me that you could make your own Dole Whip. You can make almost anything. I, you know, I feel like the segments we should do on the show is Maureen's food segment and Dan's crazy wall. And I, I was making some Dole Whip. And so one of the ingredients was, so I had to do this right before the speech, about three minutes before, because you want it like, you just have to blend it, but you want it like fresh out of the blender. So yeah, about sure. three minutes before the speech, I went in, hurried into the kitchen, was dumping all the ingredients into the blender. And one of the ingredients was a can of coconut milk, which I'd refrigerated to get it nice and cold. Nice. And when you, when you refrigerate coconut milk, it separates and it makes like a, there's like a hard section and a liquid section. Oh, okay, yeah. So I opened the can, and as I went to like scoop it out, it was really hard, and I was like, "Oh, I'll need to really scoop this to get it out." And the second I put pressure on it, it instantly gave. Like it just it was like there was nothing there, and my hand just went down very quickly, and I looked down, and all of a sudden. Uh, my finger was smiling at me. And when I say smiling, it was because I was a gaping wound in my skin. <laughs> I like I like the way you define smiling as vaguely crescent-shaped with blood gushing out. As my mother, the nurse, told me later, she's like, oh, yeah, you could tell because it makes faces at you. And so it does. And it kind of goes, Bleh. So all my other half heard from the other room, he says that what he heard me say was, uh-oh, oh, that's not good. And so I walked in and he said, ER? And I said, yep. And I'd already wrapped my hand up. And so instead of watching the speech, we hurried off to the ER with my hand suspended in the air, wrapped up in towels. And I realized that as we were going, that I was getting more and more happy. And I was like, I was just starting to get real. He was like, you're really happy. I was like, I know, I'm just really. And then I realized that it was because I I couldn't watch the speech. It wasn't yeah. that I had just not watched it. I had to go to the ER and I couldn't watch it because my finger had been cut open because I was trying to make a Dole Whip. So uh, instead of watching the speech, Dan, I got my, I watched my finger being sewn up. And now I have a... Big mental uh, finger split on, and um, and then I came home, and I continued making that Dole Whip, Dan. Yeah. I went right back yeah. to it. Was like, it oddly pinkish in color because the coconut milk had absorbed your blood? Uh, you know, my other half, uh, who I call Oscar, even though that's not his name, did, he was concerned about eating it, and I said, don't you worry, there's no blood in it. Um, It was a clean... It was, first of all, only the can lid and it. It was fast. It was like, fujunk. It was, it was, didn't, it didn't even hurt. It was just so quick that it, and it, you could just see the, it was just like, you, it was one of those things you look down and you go, oh, that, oh, you did a bad thing. So I didn't sever any, uh, they had to do it like a test to make sure I hadn't severed anything important. And so I, you know, I didn't sever anything too important, but they did have to stitch it closed. And How boy, many stitches? Five, four or five. Hey, wow. Um, oh, yeah, I did a nice job <laughs> making the Dole Whip. That's it was thorough. Yeah, it was a little can, too. So it was like, it just was like a little guillotine into my hand. So what I, 
my parable here, Dan, is that Dole Whip saved me and you watched it. Yeah, I wish I was you. I know, I'm sorry. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I'm Dan Sinker. And wow, Maureen, you got the better end of that bargain. I got because real lucky. I, um, I watched the speech late. Uh, so one of the things that I have adopted in 2017 is, uh, and this is prompted largely from my 11-year-old son's uh, burgeoning testosterone. But um, I have started watching professional wrestling, Maureen. And it dawned on me the other day when I was just full of this kind of fury that exists, you know, that we all exist in now, that it was like, oh, it's awesome to watch a thing where people get the shit beaten out of them that deserve it. And uh, so last night, uh, my kid, we are like, Maureen, we're so invested in this thing. We are literally going to a live pay-per-view event on uh, Sunday. Wow. Yeah. And so we uh, had to catch up on this week's turn of events, which lead directly into Sunday's pay-per-view. And um, so we had to watch it. And he was like, I know you need to watch a speech, but can we watch raw first and i was like yes that sounds wonderful let's do that and um so we did so i I watched the speech late and then i sat down to actually uh watch the speech uh later on youtube and um you know how like the homepage of youtube starts to prompt you with things that it thinks you might be interested in and when you're sitting down to watch something horrible literally anything is something you're interested in and it was like oh yes I would like to see five broken Disney rides that will never be fixed, right? And then, but it starts you on this chain. And I I was on this chain of dark Disney shit, right? It was like five Disney rides that are broken that'll never be fixed. It was like, okay, cool. And then it was like, oh, Beastly Kingdom, the part of Disney, the Animal Kingdom that they never built. It was like, that's awesome. And then, and then the next thing was like five deaths that have happened at Disney. And it was like, well, that's weird. And then I started watching that one. And then it was like 34 people that have died. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this speech. Um, But it turns out I wasn't ready for the speech. And instead of going to the ER and then enjoying homemade Dole Whip, uh, I was up until 2.30 in the morning full of impotent rage. See, this is what I knew would happen, which is why I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you won. I was, Dan, I, first of all, there's also another twist to this that I forgot, which is that right before it happened, I tweeted a joke that said, it would literally no. What thinking about watching the speech is like knowing you're about to slam your car, your hand into a car door for ninety minutes. And then I said a joke like, "Oh, will someone get me a car?" And so everyone thought I was joking. I when, yeah. When I sliced my finger open, but I believe fully that my body threw itself under the bus to protect my mind. I mean, I I something happened on a very deep level that my body was like, "Nope, we're not doing this." I was so happy in the Ardan. I was singing All Star out loud on a loop. (laughs) Uh. None of this is a joke or a lie. It all happened this way. And to the point where Oscar looked at me and said, it's as if you scripted this. And I was like, I know, but it's just like the universe looked down at me and said, not tonight, Maureen. Not tonight. Man. I'm sorry. That means you have to tell me about the speech. Oh God. Uh okay. Um I can I can do that. Can you do it? But Dan, get, I want it might you to be, be a okay. little loud. Do you have your wall ready? Uh I do I do have my crazy wall ready. The thing about my crazy wall is it is essentially a sweater at this point. Like mm-hmm. it is a it is a tightly knit sheet of yarn on my wall. Um but yeah, so here's the thing 
about this speech, Maureen. The the bar for this guy is so low, right? Like that he basically needed to not kind of oogie boogie style pull a thread and reveal that his entire body is full of bugs (laughs) for for it not to have been billed as, well, this was a good speech, right? And, like, it was so clear, so this is even before you rushed to the ER, you know, 48 hours before the speech, it it was clear that his Twitter had been taken away, right? Like, suddenly, like, it is, this is the, one of the more maddening things about him and his handlers and everything is this, like, thing of just like oh well he has an important thing coming up so so let's take away his phone you know like let's make sure he doesn't fuck this up for us um and it works every time right because he's not suddenly mad tweeting three minutes before he gets on stage and then all people are talking about is how he rage tweeted this this awful thing um so they kind of had three things going for him like one they took away his twitter two like they pumped him full of Xanax or something. Mm. And three, like they were like, you're going to read from this teleprompter. Right. And then they had hired someone to take a speech full of xenophobic, anti-Muslim, anti-everything hate shit that he normally does. And like pretty it up with some like middle school level poetry. Um, and he kind of delivered the whole thing like this. And he, at one point, he pointed to the the widow of the soldier that he got killed, and as she was crying, and everyone clapped. And he pointed out about how his body in heaven would be looking down so happy that people clapped. And because of that, oh. like, I'm not even making that up. Like, he literally, like, after this very long applause, Maureen, he was like, I think that he would be looking down on this and he would be amazed at that applause. Right? It was just like, yes, because that's in my vision of an afterlife, Maureen, there's a lot of tallying how long people clap for you. That's mostly um, what it is, I think. It is. It's just a bunch of people sitting there looking down, being like, I think that was one. Oh, wait, no. He just had a clapper and was turning on a light. Um, And so then everyone, everyone, everyone after this speech was just like, oh, that was his presidential turn. This was a pivot, right? Like, this is, we're finally seeing the emergence of the presidential Donald Trump because he didn't, like, shoot flames from his eyes, you know? Like, uh, it was really... A really maddening thing. I'm really getting very angry just talking about it. And just like the whole thing. Like, this wasn't just another one. Like, we've seen a lot of his speeches, right? And most of them are these far more fire and brimstone kind of things or self-congratulatory kinds of things. Like, this was your normal run-of-the-mill State of the Union style thing. But, like, it had all of the trappings of a State of the Union, right? So he's, like, walking. Like, it was just that moment where it was like... Holy fuck, this is really the president. You know, like, this isn't pretend president. This isn't a fucking joke. This isn't imaginary president. Like, this is just straight up president. Like, he gets announced. He's got fucking Pence and Paul Ryan sitting behind him. I actually had to put a post-it note over Paul Ryan because I could not. <laughs> I I spent, like, oh, uh, just, oh. Uh, <sighs> I'm going to go get a can and cut my finger. <laughs> Look, Dan, I, I can't recommend you do that. However, should it just happen naturally as it did with me? I mean, it was painless. It was fast. It was it was pretty great, and I felt lucky. Uh, you really were. I mean, it, it... I did read the coverage as this was going on, and I deliberately turned 
And the doctor said, well, don't watch when I stitch it. I was like, oh, no, that's fine. I'm going to watch it. And I watched the little hooked needle go in and out, and it was so soothing. Yeah. None of this is a joke. That is the, that's the thing, is it really must sound like something I've, I've cobbled together for the purposes of this podcast, but none of this is a joke. I accidentally did the thing that I said I was going to do while making a Dole Whip and then genuinely preferred watching someone stitch my finger back together than watching Donald Trump pretend uh, to be normal. That is literally the best plan I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, I, you, yeah. you won the lottery. Last I, was, night. I was leading my best life last night. I really was. Yeah, you were. You were blood-soaked, emergency, best life. I got a by a mile. I got all these nice uh, finger splints, and they gave me some tape. I mean, it, it. Whereas you just got your night taken away, and now the full gaslighting stage begins. And this is the this is the part I felt. I, I've really felt this this week. Just this feeling of. Because he went quiet. But I guess yeah. we have to to roll back a little bit and because it's been two weeks. It has. It's been two weeks. And last night in my impotent rage, I was like, okay, I'm going to make some notes to catch us up because it's been two whole weeks since we did uh, Says Who, which by any normal measure of time is not a lot of time. But in like this measure, it's eons. And I real like there is literally no way to catch up. No. No, when we last spoke, it was, I was in a beautiful tropical island. Yeah, you were. And, You've had a uh, good run. Tropical island, ER. Yeah. Whew. Boston last weekend, where I met a bunch of our listeners that, that was wonderful. I mean, I, I can't complain. Now I got, again, I got this finger splint. Um, but things when we talked last week had been rolling so fast and hard. It was just, it, it, we were still in the thunder of the constant, you know, the constant uh, executive orders and the, and the protests and the, it, there was, there was, it was, it was loud. And now we're in the more insidious phase where it goes more quiet. Yeah. And yeah, people and who yell into the quiet you seem crazier because you're just yelling and everyone's like, what are you yelling at? Everything's fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, that, that is as a, as, as, as someone that, that jokes a bit about sort of conspiracy theory, crazy wall type stuff. Like I have definitely noticed yet, yet also as someone that is really honestly following this stuff pretty closely and who's connected to who and all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, there has definitely been a shift in a like, oh, you want to talk about Russia? Really? You're one of those people? And it's like, wait, what? When did that happen? You know, like, when did we shift? And it's like watching traditional pundit responses last night about how presidential this was and how this is the pivot we've all been waiting for and things like that. Like, it's like, oh, this is the settling in, right? Yeah. Like... For, uh, you know, for a good chunk of kind of at least punditocracy, uh, uh, that is not a word, they are, okay, the, the outrage time is over, like, this is gonna, this is a long run, so now we kind of settle into the, like, well, this is, this is how it is, like, this is normal, like, wow, wasn't that presidential, like, he was so good to point out that he... You know, that this woman's husband didn't die in vain and he was amazingly presidential to not somehow turn it around to him immediately. Right. Like, that's it. That's the bar, you know, but it's like that's the narrative now, you know, and. Oh. Well, can I offer some hope? Please. First of all. You too. Next time. <laughs> I'm going to buy so many canned goods at the store soon. I know. You're going to be like Ted Cruz. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe that's why he bought 100 cans of Chunky Soup. Yeah, he bought 100 like, cans. You never know when you're going to need a quick out. Yeah, exactly. And then it's, it's, it's good both ways. You're a prepper, but also sometimes, sometimes you just got to get out of town fast and you need a reason. Uh, Oops. 
And you get I I made the mistake of of dinging a, a, an important finger on my right hand, which is going to make things a little. Do something. Find your least uh, loved finger. Don't do this. Don't do this, anybody. <laughs> Just saying. But the president, first of all, the Russia story is not going to go away. And there are, and you work in journalism. How many good people would you say are working hard on this right now? Oh, there are there are a lot of people that are digging deeply into Russia, into uh, various business ties, into I mean, there, there, there. Yeah, it, you are correct. Like, and also, in the past, when has Trump gone quiet, taken away his phone, and and acted like a normal when he was in trouble? Yeah. Yeah. But it works. <laughs> I think it works. it works. It, it works. works. It works for a very short time because the uh, human brain seeks equilibrium. Uh, it works. It works. This is reminding me. So uh, uh, there were two uh, a- Trump affectations on display last night, Maureen. Uh, one, the sniffs came back. Oh, my God. You they didn't were- tell me that. Yeah, no, I I was listening on headphones um, because apparently I really wanted to torture myself. It was a more subtle sniff, but there was a lot of... That's his number one tell. That's his poker give. But this was his other thing, which I I don't know that I've noticed before, and it's possibly because usually like his rallies are a little more boisterous screaming and less like applauding standing ovation type applauding but he loves this move maureen stand like literally putting his hands i'm sorry if i just deafened a bunch of people putting his hands directly in front of his own mic and (laughs) clapping his own shit right like oh it was i just did a sniff there um it was as the applause would go, he would just kind of take a step back, put that little smug grin on his face and just. just oh, that's an old thing. Tell people yeah. to clap. And then later on, they'll think that's a that's a really it's an easy trick. Get people to clap and cheer, even make them do it. And later they it w- they will have more of an impression that they had a good time. Whoa. Yeah, it's an easy it's an easy one. But like they'll. One of the memories you'll have would be of clapping and cheering, and you'll be kind of like, I think I had a good time. It won't. That's, I remember uh, that is sort of not a theater trick, but a restaurant trick. A friend of mine uh, many years ago was a, uh, was a server at a restaurant and was uh, given a video created by the Jalapeno Poppers Company on how to best sell jalapeno poppers. And it was the same basic thing. What you do when you ask someone, do you want a jalapeno popper? You subtly nod as you do it. People want to nod. People want to clap and cheer. They feel good. And you don't want to turn people down if they're they're like, hey. Also, jalapeno poppers are delicious, so it's an easier sell than xenophobia. <laughs> yeah, when I, I worked at a, at a big, uh, I don't know if I've ever been to this, but I worked, my first job in New York was at a, a, a haunted house theme restaurant. Whoa. And I have a lot. Of One stories. of the ones in Times Square? No, it was, it just closed about th- maybe a couple months ago, but it was uh, the Jekyll and Hyde Club on Central wow. Park South, which is a four story, um, fully, it was, when I worked there, it was dark. What? And it had, and all of the, oh, here's something interesting about this place. It was fully wired and mic'd. And there was a control room on the fifth floor and all of the like the pictures on the walls and the skeletons and the rhino heads and things could come to life and talk to you and be funny. But they could also watch you if we needed to watch you to find out like if you're going to. Wow. Yeah. This sounds like the greatest place on earth. There was a reason I walked in the first day I moved to New York and said, I'm going to get a job here. And I walked in the next day and said, you're going to hire me. So and I worked there and we could. I have many stories about having to spy on people to, because they were like going to run out or something by using a, getting an actor by talking to a skeleton on the third floor to get them to go into a rhino on the second floor to listen. 
So there were all, and we had to, we had a, a monster that was, came down from the ceiling, came down four stories every hour. And we did a, a show where the monster came to life. Oh, it was a whole thing, Dan. But wow. So many stories about easy smoke and mirror stuff. And there were magicians that worked there. I, I, and it was, we were told you, you're selling people a good time. Like you're selling people this idea of, you want this. This is, you know, what you came here for. You want the dessert. You earn this. You earn the tiki cup. You know, you're selling the experience and not the food. And somehow this is related to Trump, possibly because this is a man who's trying to sell you crappy food and crappy wine and crappy wedge salads. Uh, Mr. Trump's wedge salad. Uh, uh, not a salad. Not a salad, Maureen. That's right. It's not a salad. A wedge salad is not a salad. That's our rallying cry. If you hear someone say a wedge salad is not a salad, you will know you've met another said Whovian. Nod and smile. It's true. A knowing nod. Yeah. Now uh, we have a secret club that, thing. It's funny that you mention uh, a haunted restaurant, Maureen, because uh, I would guess that in your ER visit, your then rep reprise of uh, Dole Whip making and hopefully going to bed earlier than me you did not see the democratic response to trump did you i saw nothing okay so i didn't watch it i want to preface by i didn't watch it but i saw the visual and the best i can tell they got famed Southern breakfast sausage maker Bob Evans to deliver the Democratic response while sitting inside a haunted restaurant. Okay. That seems to be their strategy. People, like, so there is an, an elderly gentleman at the center. I'm sure he is, like, most elderly gentleman. Oh, that's the senator. picture I saw. He and seems to be sitting in a diner or in some yeah, but like and then surrounded by ghosts. <laughs> like that's it's, uh, it, it is the most inexplicable anti-pattern of set dressing I've ever seen. Like I can it's one of those things where you can imagine the meeting where they're like, oh, you know what, we need to like we need to show that we're down with like the rust belt olds. Right. Oh, so let's folksy. Yeah, we need to look folksy. And yet then there's that moment where you're filling a restaurant with silent old folk. Not really lighting them well. So they're all off in the kind of dim background. And then you're telling them to not utter a peep and just oh, stare blankly into the camera. This makes a lot of sense. I did see tweets about this and I had no I, I yeah. blissfully because I was so busy going, hey, now you're an all star like and blissfully unaware. Yeah. Uh, but it, they were like, basically, they're like, there's a guy sitting in a cracker barrel. Like it's all it's it just it seemed um, confusing. Yeah. Like if it would have been amazing if then at the end a monster had come down and they had done like a whole little show it, like it would have fit right in. I was offering you hope, Dan. I I am There's more hope. I mean, we've 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 long well documented our love uh not only of the Disney Dole Whip, which uh a funny thing uh has begun to happen on the Says Who Twitter, that is at Says Who Podcast, where uh multiple people now have gone to one of the Disney parks and then tweeted us photos of them eating oh, Dole Whip. Oh. And um a, I always get super jealous. Yeah. Uh, and B, um, uh, I often retweeted, or you you have also retweeted uh, photos of people eating Dole Whip. And this week, there were a number of people that were like, oh, Dole Whip is a food. I thought you were saying dull whips. And I didn't quite understand what you were talking about. Uh, so, yes, as as Maureen's uh, recipe earlier in, or, or, or uh, attempt to make escapade uh making dole whip it is an ice cream treat uh pineapple ice cream treat served at the disney theme parks it's and not really it is... ice cream i believe it is a it's a soft serve pineapple uh that has various bases that i think most of which are non-dairy 
I believe that's true. I think it is actually a non-dairy treat, though um, if you are a non-dairy person, you should research that before you uh, indulge. But anyway, so not only have we documented our love of Dole Whip, we have also documented our love of the Haunted Mansion. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this scene, the Democratic response was like, it was like a duel and an organist away from being the, like, the main big... Uh, big reveal ballroom scene of the haunted mansion, mm. but not ha- but not awesome. But yeah, it seemingly not awesome. Again, I didn't watch it. Maybe they all sung "Grin, grinning ghosts have come to socialize." Right? Maybe that would be awesome. That would have been a great response. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Just a whole happen. little chorus of grim grinning ghosts. That didn't happen. I think I would have seen more about that. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that either. Which is, now I'm really, you know what the thing is, it's, you don't want, don't turn the lights on. That's what happened at the Jekyll and Hyde Club. It was ruined because they had to turn the lights on because all these people kept getting lost. So, and they couldn't read the menus and they used to use lighters to see the menu and they would set their menus on fire, literally. So when you turn the lights on in these places, you, it is revealed to be a, like, you see what it is, and so it's if it's as if they turned the lights on in the haunted mansion, and you just saw grim, grinning ghosts, but people sitting in a. And did they offer a fiery response? Um, I mean, again, just based on the visual, I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no. Okay. Did not. It did not exude uh vim and vigor. Let's say. Mm. I'm sure it was fine. You know, um, but I, you know, I think it could have been, I think it could have a little been better. The, the not turning the lights on reminds me, uh, one of the things that has happened in the last two weeks, Maureen, is uh, the Washington Post debuted their new tagline. Yeah. Have you, you seen it? it? Yeah, I have seen it, but I'd like you to say it because I feel like it would help you. Democracy dies in darkness. Yeah. That is like the most metal thing that journalism has ever done. Yeah. Outside of Metal Edge magazine. And Punk Planet. True. Uh, we, our, our tagline was notes from underground. So that was nowhere near as metal as democracy dies in darkness. Yeah, that is. I feel like there should be a guitar yeah. solo. <laughs> or just like, you know, Marty Baron and Kiss makeup. Whoa. It's the head off a bat. All right. I was making a hopeless, Dan. One is that your people, the journalists, are working on this. There is a Trump story. He goes quiet when he's in trouble. But the second thing is he's unstable. He has poor impulse control. He cannot, I truly believe this, cannot last in the quiet phase. It's true. I, they'd have I, to medicate him. They'd have to be little blow darts from across the room to keep him this quiet. It's it's true. I'm not entirely sure they wouldn't do that, right? Like they are pretty. Yeah, that's tight. true. They are pretty tight with Putin, and he's pretty good at the the secret poisonings. Uh, so I could totally imagine, you know, one of the one of the like seven people that actually work in the White House right now is essentially the the sleep dart guy. Yeah, he's putting it in the wood salad. Yeah, he's, he's putting it in the dressing. It's easy. It's easy to hide a lot of like, you know, dramamine inside uh, inside the folds of a wedge salad. I guess the point we're making is, our says Whovian friends, that this is the point where you're going to start feeling maybe a little gaslit, feeling a little... Just a a little. (laughs) I'm choking on that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally. This is the part where your your Facebook relatives who are like, see, how could you, you know, are you one of these radicals that, you know, hates Trump? You know, this, oh, you're being so... You're being crazy. You're not. I mean, you're not. <laughs> you're definitely not. And I think that 
And also everybody, I don't think any of us are, are, are I mean, despite the, the dumb punditry, do you know anybody that's personally fooled by this? I would guess I do. Like, not close, but I would guess uh, that I have some middle-of-the-road Democrat-ish relatives uh, that would would be like, well, okay, good. You know what? Like, maybe maybe he's calming down, you know? Like, I think that's what they're trying. They're trying to get to that, like, to get to that point of, like, well, maybe he's calming down. Right. Like, yes, he did. He did advocate for the creation of an office that all it does is collect stories of victims of immigration crime. Oh, my God. There were literal gasps in the room when he said this. Like, there were no applause. There was like a, (gasps) um, you know, but he said it calm. So we're good. You know, like, so, okay, as long as he's calm, right? Like, I think there's that thing of, like, okay, well, at least if it's not, if he's not making a scene, we're good. You know, like, um, that is, is definitely There are are people that are, there are lawyers at the ACLU that are calmly gathering documents right now. There are journalists that are calmly compiling stories about Russian involvement, about corruption, about pick your story. There are people that are calmly organizing right now. There are people that are calmly making real long-term plans. Uh, Here's a very small point thing that made me really happy today. I listen, I'm not going to even say the podcast. It's super popular. And if you know about podcasts, you'll probably even instantly know which one I'm talking about. But it just sort of explains... It's like an informational explain stuff to you, like how stuff works. And they clearly are a non-political podcast that are have been kind of said, you know, told probably or the part of the company charter is like, you know, you can't explicitly say political stuff. But they've decided clearly that they're going to make programming that's um, about they 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 decide they explained for example the other week about how the black panthers worked and the true history of the black panthers and how free speech works and how and they're clearly putting together a program of like okay let's talk about these important topics like yeah. let's really go for it and i don't like talking about the real history of the black panthers that's great it's amazing yeah and just um I'm I'm encouraged by the level of people that are also taking on board this serious, like, quiet, like, okay, let's do it. Let's actually, like I said, I'm involved in a project now to create a book for kids. Like, I I'll be telling more about that when we when we do the announcement. But like, long term planning, yeah, giving long term to the ACLU, um, making a long term commitment to work for the elections in 2018 and 2010. And the number of people that are now signing up to run for office. Yeah. So we can do it, too. And we are yeah. doing it, too. Uh, it, it, you're right. And I think that, to me, that's actually even reflected here in um, in my own home. My wife, Janice, um, realized that being on Twitter following the kind of moment by moment outreach outrage was not doing good stuff for her head. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and was just like, I got to get off. And every couple of days I'll kind of fill her in on a few things that have happened on, on Twitter that I think are, are, are worth knowing about or, or in just general national news that are worth knowing about as, as an informed citizen. But what she actually did was decide, you know what, like, we live in this town and I'm a deep dive into local politics right now, you know, yeah. and she has gone to like multiple meetings and um, often is the youngest person there by, by a wide margin. Um, but, you know, has has really begun to do research in in a way that feels healthy to her, you know, and to do work in a way that feels healthy to her. And I do think that's that's an important thing to remember. Like, 
uh, if 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 this outrage cycle, if the punditry, if all of it is making you insane or not insane, that's that's the wrong word, but just 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 furious to a point that you can't handle it. Right. Or just feeling so gaslit that you're beginning to believe it. Um, there are ways of of punching out of that clock. Right. Yeah. And instead saying like, OK, you know what? I'm going to spend my time doing this. And um, like that's super important. Like she like Janice has often said to me, like, you've got the national. I'll focus on the local. All right. And it's like, OK, that works, you know, until I get too crazy on the national and then we'll re refigure it out. But like. Remember but the yeah. facts, the facts will out if you keep familiarizing yourself with the facts the rest will fall away. You know, it's hold on to the fact that reality is real. Yeah. Hold on to the fact that, and the center cannot hold. Besides, we're all, honestly, Dan, we're all, uh, you know, everyone, there's this foment this morning because he managed for 90 minutes last night not to literally poop himself on stage. Yeah. And he was quiet for a little bit because Kelly. We don't actually know that. Yeah, that's true. We don't know if he didn't poop himself on yeah. stage. He could have. He could have depends that thing. Easy. You know what? You know what? Uh, when I was at this event, Nerdfighter uh, Con, um, this last weekend in Boston, we were. I was on stage having a talk with um, John and Hank Green, and we were brought up depends. And John said, "Oh, I didn't realize the name was a joke until now." Like. Will it work? You know, cut, like uh, making a product that an incontinence product called Depends. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, that's why there's a women's sanitary product called Always. Like, you know, it's that little degree of certainty. There depends. We're always. There you go. Wow. Man. I just made a solid tech. Dan, is there something happening to me? I think that you're like, you're emerging. You're here, here, here! You're coming out of the chrysalis. Yeah, something, something <laughs> is ever clearly. Since the wedge salad rant last week, you have achieved final boss form. I start, I start quiet, and then something seems to happen about forty minutes in, where something, a little, a little thing stirs inside me and goes, "Let me out! I'm here." I never see it coming, Dan. I didn't see my finger get my something is driving my bus, Dan. It made me say the wedge salad thing last night. It took out my finger. La- you know, it's something is happening. What is says who doing to me? Uh, helping good me. things on this end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's helping me. Yeah, it's uh, man, it is it is it is like, that's a that's a decent question. There were multiple people last night when I was like. All right, it's late, but I got to watch this fucking thing. That were like, no, you don't. And I was like, I actually, I kind of do. Like, man, like this, 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 this is a commitment, and yeah. uh, it, it is. Um, <laughs> sometimes it does feel like it's doing some damage, but other times, I, I do think it's doing good. And I apologize for not watching it. I did not record it because I was about to sit down and watch it. And so oh, when I got yeah. home with my finger, I. I hadn't recorded it, and I was like, "Well, I don't even know if it's online yet." So, and I got to go. I like, I like, I like in 2017. It's like I didn't set the VCR. Well, sorry, I didn't have a tape in there. (laughs) Rewind. Oh no, I've used this tape like a hundred times. No, it's all no, it's all Skarky. Skarky. Yep. Yeah, that's a Skarky tape. Well, it is, we're recording on Wednesday. It's almost the weekend again, Dan. And what are weekends for? Oh, weekends are for flying on taxpayer dollars down to your uh, Florida private club. And guess who's going again? (gasps) Guess who's going again, Maureen? Not me and not you. We're paying for it, though. Oh, right. Which is thoughtful of us. But Donald Trump is once again going to Mar-a-Lago. That Maureen would make it I, I, every sniff- time I sniff now. Sorry, I uh, I actually have a cold, but every time I sniff, I'm like, shit, I'm turning into him. Um, 
Uh-oh, Dan, uh-oh, the Dan Crazy Wall is starting to... Yeah. Uh, four out of six weekends now, Maureen. Yeah. At a cost, uh, at a at a at an estimated cost, we actually don't know the cost. That is important to note. At an estimated cost of three million dollars a weekend, this dude's going to play golf and hang out in Florida and- in his own hotel, where everybody, you know, somebody. I said this on Twitter, and somebody. And I, sorry, somebody like they were just like, Obama did the same thing. And I almost lost it. I was like, no, like it is not the same thing. You don't know, like the amount that he spent, the fact that he just kind of clocks off to go down to his own property, an an insecure property down in Florida where everybody has to be put up in the property and he's making buck off that property and it's all advertisement for his property and it does cost so much every time. Obama didn't take every weekend off to go to his own property in Florida and his wife didn't live in New York in his own big building that had to then also be secured. Yeah, at a cost of, what, a million dollars a day? It is unreal how much we're spending to fund their lifestyle like there there is always a cost to a presidential lifestyle but there is a reason that for example things get done in the white house and yeah, yeah they should go away every once in a while for to to re, you know because it is a stressful job but they they're not supposed to go to their big florida estate every friday at six o'clock yeah the whole rallies at airports just so they could feel good about themselves yeah, to, to to photograph state secrets with their by using their phones. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Like it's the idea that that's what we signed up for, right? Like the idea that oh yeah, well of course. Like I've seen a couple of things that say like, well he lived a lavish lifestyle before, so everyone knew that he would be doing that. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. I see you've written down well done steaks with ketchup. <laughs> so that's so. Uh, is this my food corner? This is Maureen's food corner, Maureen. Uh, in addition, so we have well established that a wedge salad is not a salad. Yes. Hashtag not a salad. I mean, I'll, uh, I'm not going to go into it again. But I don't know where it went last time. It was it was revealed. So last weekend he did not go to Florida, and uh, let's give him. Uh, uh, no credit for that because that's that should be the normal state, right? Your normal state should be not going to Florida. Um, well, but you're allowed you to did... go to Florida because it's a state and you can go there on business, but not just because you want to go to your pool. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it is not like it is like saying like, oh, it's great that he stayed in D.C. that weekend is not like that's not a prize. It's you know, great like, that you didn't poop on stage. Yeah, exactly. Like, good job not vomiting all over yourself. You know, like, um, but he did go to his hotel in D.C. last week and have a meal. And uh, it was reported that that meal was a well-done steak, which is the only way he will eat steaks. Mm-hmm. Smothered in ketchup. Okay. Do you want me to, to break that down a little bit? Because uh, I... I mean, Act first of all, you. I, I don't eat meat. Now, I'm not going to get excited again this week, Dan. I've learned my lesson. And I I, I don't eat meat. And um, so, therefore, my opinion on, uh, you know, as you, the, what got me so, if you didn't listen to last week, I, I got a little excited when we started talking about his um, fondness for the wedge salad. I... I I got a little over overstimulated, but I do. I have opinions on salad. I got a little overstimulated. I don't have uh, as many meat cooking opinions. I, I have knowledge of the meat cooking, um, but I I consider as a non meat eater, steak just seems like I'm sure it's a it's a fine. If you like that sort of thing, it's a fine uh, standard entree, but it is not a it's not an adventurous entree. It is a the steakhouse to me is sort of the symbol. It's like it feels very bro. Like oh, yeah. you go to the steakhouse and you have a steak that's like 
as yeah. big as your head and you know it's big and it's round and like you have like a a giant cheesecake platter for dessert like it's it just seems like that thing you eat if you want to be seen eating food that is rich um charring the thing to death and yeah. covering it with ketchup um kind of defeats the purpose well it shows that and again i as a non-mediator i have to keep saying that like i i don't have i don't have that feeling that i got with the wedge salad but it seems like you don't know what things are or how they're supposed to be or you're you're that cranky old weirdo that likes things done in a certain way yeah and you don't yeah. and and covering your food in ketchup is also something children do. And yes, I, they do. I like I have I like a son. Mm-hmm. I have an 11-year-old son. I live in Chicago. He puts ketchup on his hot dog. I've been talking to him about oh. this for years. Oh, Dan, and you never I'm told me that. I'm sure that at some point, I know, he's a wonderful person. It's his one failing. Okay. Um, uh, he can uh, grow out of that. He understands that he will grow out of it. He, he knows that. But you know he 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 is still he is still a child, and children like what they like, as do seventy year old children. Um, but it the, it is the it is that thing of, I mean, first of all, so I do eat meat, and I like uh meat a bunch, and I am definitely not uh, a foodie by any measure. Um, yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a foodie. I just want to say that I'm not a foodie. Yeah. Like I, I, if, if I could do nothing but live inside a Popeye's chicken for the rest of my life, I would happily do so. Um, I wanted this weekend and was overruled to eat at a new fast food place that opened up in my, uh, in my general vicinity, um, called Jolly Bee which is a Filipino-American fast food place that is home to something they call the Chicken Joy and also spaghetti. Um, and I want to eat there so bad. So, like, I am not a, I am not a foodie. Like, I am not a foodie. Um, well-done steak is horrible. Like, it's, it is tough. It is, it is not... Like, the point of a steak is... Like it is rich and luscious and extravagant, and and a well done steak is none of those things, right? And the only reason to do it is it is hard to cook a steak. Now, granted, I would think if you owned a fucking steakhouse, let alone multiple ones, you would understand how to make a fucking steak, and you would have people on staff that knew how to make a fucking steak, right? But if you are afraid that your food is not going to come out exactly the way you want it to be com- coming out, the only way to ensure that with a steak is just to say, you know what, burn it until it's solid, right? Because anything else, there is going to be variation, you know? Uh, there is a reason on all of these cooking reality shows that, like, doing a steak is one of the challenges because it is so hard to get exactly right, right? The only way to do it is just to say, just burn it to hell, you know? So it is this sign of this insane level of inflexibility and fear of anything that is not his own and within his control that that makes the stake really maddening to me. And then you fucking put ketchup on it. Ketchup is the worst condiment, right? Like, it's fine. Ketchup is fine on french fries or fine if you're fucking five years old and eating chicken nuggets right but like don't put ketchup like they make steak sauce right like that is a thing when your steak is bad you put steak sauce on it it's the same thing with coffee right like non-dairy creamer exists because the world drinks bad or america drinks bad coffee right so pour this like hydrogenated oil that tastes like fantasy inside it right um and that's like steak sauce is the same basic idea of just like um of like well this thing didn't taste that good but slather it in essentially Worcestershire sauce and a and a and a bonding agent right and be done with it um it's but it is just this sign of in, of like inflexible just inflexible childishness 
on a plate. And Kellyanne Conway can eat my entire ass! <laughs> How was it this week? You got me all stirred up. <laughs> you know what? I have a comment about her ass. Did you see that picture where everybody's standing around in the Oval Office and she's kind of squatting on the sofa? Oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Like, the, the shoes off, feet yeah. under her butt. Get your feet off the sofa, Kellyanne. Get your stinky feet off the sofa. She's all squatty. Don't put... Oh. Get your get your ass off the... Get your stinky feet off the sofa. We see you, Kellyanne. Oh, and you know what? We knew what you were doing. You were tweeting. You know why? Because I know a tweeting position when I see it. I know a tweeting position when I see it. You were sitting there with that smug little smile on your face, your feet on the sofa. We're done with you. We see your steak. We see your salad. We see your ketchup. We see your ass. We see it all. We see Trump's baggy ass. We see his depends. We don't know if he didn't poop himself. We don't know that. We don't know. We don't People know. Are saying People are saying that he might have pooped himself. Just people are saying it. People are saying it. I'm hearing it. Do you know how we hear things, Maureen? People Tell me. Get in touch with us. They get in touch with us on Twitter at Says Who Podcast. They send emails, really wonderful emails. Thank you all for your emails to hey at Says Who Podcast. And they even go to Facebook. I don't go to Facebook, but some people do. To I again, slash a bit of, says who podcast. Sorry, it, a slash says who podcast on Facebook. I have again been avoiding Facebook because there were people in my life that were. I got. I, I'm sorry. I'll go back. I'll go back. I got to do it. I said that was my job. It's okay. Look, it's not okay, Dan. Yeah, I had a job. I had a job last night. I was supposed to watch a speech. I cut my finger open trying to make a dull whip. I'm supposed to go to Facebook. Now I'm just a non-Facebook person. I got a finger splint on. I'm sitting in a closet in the dark. I don't even have a flashlight because my flashlight's not working. Oh, no. I was trying to use my flashlight last night oh, to get no. a piece of kibble out from under the sofa for my dog. And she bongs me on the head and I almost lost a tooth because she was like, whoa. And she has no sense of space. Like she, her yeah. coordination she's is a, poor. She's a dog. She's a dog with a solid head like a solid rock. So, um, so I had a fat lip from my dog going bonk and my flashlight went out but it's okay because i'm gonna get another one man that is we need to make says who flashlights these are good flashlights to be honest they we are need, we need merch maureen i know i'm working on it we need we, it, flashlights we, yeah. if, you, if you want merch um let us know what kind like if there's a a type like if you have a preference like a mug or a shirt or something or a patch or something, maybe a patch. Let us know. That way we'll know like when we make something that that's what you want. If you want something or you may be like, we don't want merch. We want change. That's true. I, I want merch that can help make change. I would like merch that donates at least some of its merchiness to uh, to, to, to organizations. Oh, you're, sniff you're sniffing. I know. I know. God, it is. That is the. Duh. Um, if you enjoy what we're doing here. And, and if you are, bless you. Yes, absolutely bless you and spread the word. Um, Maureen, you were in a place with actual Says Who listeners this weekend, I weren't was. you? Yes, I was up in Boston at, at, Nerd, at uh, NerdCon Nerdfighteria. And, um, it was about 3,500 wonderful people. Um, and uh, there were a lot of says who listeners, and I even got like a poster that said a wedge salad is not a salad, which I really Amazing. appreciated. Yeah. Amazing. You did a picture of that. It was beautiful. I was, I really loved it. And so we really appreciate because again, we are, it's that feeling that you're working in the, in the quiet that makes you feel crazy. So why we keep doing this is we have, um, real internal struggle with this and um because it's a real it's a real <laughs> it's a real problem 
And it's not just you. And as it gets quieter and as it gets harder and as it gets longer and as it gets more difficult and more thorny, it's going to be more and more important to remind each other that we're all here. Yeah. Yeah. And spending time with people that can remind you of reality when everything starts to fog over a little bit is going to be more and more important. And so if we are those people for you, if you're in a situation, as some people are that were talking to me, that they say, you know, I'm surrounded by... You know, one kid came up to me and she was like, like an older teenager and she's like, it's my whole family. Um, I'm the only one. And I have like, I listen to this because it makes me feel less alone and like less crazy. And um, I was, if we can do that, even if for one person, I think that that's super great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and. And if you are a person that this is this is helping, again, thank you. Thank you, thank you, and, you know, persevere. Uh, but also let other people know. And uh, it seems goofy after all of that heartfelt stuff, but one of the main ways that people find out about podcasts is reviews on things like iTunes. Um, so if you, if you would like to, hit some stars on that star thing they do and write a review uh, because it really does, it really does help. And it really would be, would be fantastic. Yeah. It changes like the ranking and it changes the, the visibility. So when you do that, I know it's a little fiddly and it's kind of a pain in the ass to do. It's do, it's not a total pain in the ass, but uh, it, it makes it, it, it genuinely makes a difference and it helps the move the podcast up and uh, just gets us more uh, more visibility and ma- is makes us able to do some more stuff. So, yep. Thank you. Uh, speaking of making a difference, our theme music is recorded by Ted Leo, who Maureen launched a Kickstarter last week for uh, his new album, which actually includes the full song that our uh, that our theme music is a, is an early demo instrumental of. Um, but amazingly, his Kickstarter got fully funded in 12 hours, which is really like, man, hey. talk about an outpouring of amazingness. Uh, it is still running, uh, and he is adding cool things to it. And if you would like to support an amazing artist doing amazing work, uh, go ahead and search for Ted Leo, that is T-E-D-L-E-O, on Kickstarter. I'm going to meet him in a couple days. You sure are? Like You're, getting You're getting on a boat. You're getting on a boat, Maureen. I'm doing a lot, but doing a lot of traveling, um, and I'm about to go away again uh, for the Joko cruise, the Jonathan Colton cruise, which includes people like Ted Leo and Amy Mann and Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher and uh, a lot of like really cool podcast people and Night Vale and um, and Will Wheaton and so there's wow. there's all these people and we're all going to be on a boat together and we may not I'm come legit back. Legit jealous. I am legit jealous of that. Yeah, it's good. There's yeah, there's going to be uh, it's it it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. I have to say I'm pretty excited. So I'm going to I'm going to say hey. Thanks, Ted Leo. Yay. And guess what? The person who made our logo or the oh. sorry, the red panda that made our logo, Darth. Darth is back. Darth is back. Hi Darth. Uh, oh, Darth, we Darth, missed you. That's at Darth at, on Twitter. Uh Left Twitter, I think, the day after the election, right? Was just like, I need to take a break. Um, and Darth needed to hibernate. Man, talk about a brilliant move. Just get out for, for a number of months. Uh, but they returned. And oh, just... Darth is Darth is Darth is Darth. So, wonderful. hi, Darth. Wonderful to see you, Darth. It really is. I cheered when I saw. I mean, it really. Yeah. Almost brought a tear to my eye to see Darth. Like that was also the same day that Ted Leo's Kickstarter flipped, right? And uh, man, talk about a one-two punch of awesome. Both those folks are awesome, and uh, great to see them get the love that they that they deserve. Take care of yourselves, everybody. I know yes, I just kind of, I jumped in with that, but do it. Uh, just. Take. It was also something that came up when I saw people. It's just the reminder just to take care of yourselves. We're thinking about you. We are. It doesn't matter if we've met you or not. We are actually thinking about you. It's true. It is true. And it is important. Like, um, we've said this a number of times. This is another shirt or sticker we need. But, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And um, 
And you got to take care of yourself. You got to make sure that you're you're there and you're with us when this finally fucking cloud lifts, right? Yep. And it will. It will. And, and it will. We always knew we were going to go into the fog. And now we're walking into the fog. And it, we knew. Don't worry. We knew. It was always going to happen. You could reach out to us at, we've said it, at Sedhu on Twitter. I'm at Maureen Johnson on Twitter. I'm at Dan Sinker on Twitter. I'm in a closet in New York City. And I'm in a basement in Chicago. And next week I'll be on a boat. Indeed. So no show next week? Because boat. Because boat. Because you're going to be, like, unable to be on the internet, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that. I'm sorry. I've done it again, haven't I? You cut the shit out of your finger. I'm jealous of that. Yep. You're going to be on the ocean away. Oh, man. You yeah, are. And I was... You have stumbled into your best life, Maureen. And I'm just gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep doing what's necessary. Think if you cut your finger on the boat, it would be like the best of everything. I know, and don't think I haven't thought about it. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. So much blood. Anyway, this has been says who. Says who? Says who? Says who? It's so dark in this restaurant. So dark. Who's that friendly old man in the center speaking to a camera? Get him a steak. Cook it. Overcook it. Cover it in ketchup. Ketchup looks like blood. So much ketchup. Bye.